In today's episode, we introduce Elizabeth, an inspiring Scrum Master and visionary leader whose journey in digital product development is shaped by the dynamic fusion of Scrum, design thinking, and lean startup principles. Learn how her career thrived through an unwavering openness to change. Beyond her professional achievements, Elizabeth founded Masis Bamoja International, a pioneering initiative empowering young women in sexual and reproductive health and rights. Join us as we delve into the transformative impact of grassroots initiatives and the significance of continuous learning. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Young Professional African Edition with your host, Jonathan Rwanika and Shanil Mudli, equipping you with all the right tools to jumpstart your career in an African context by sharing experiences and spreading the gospel of information. With original music brought to you by Africa's own, Yunil Badiachi. Hello, Elizabeth. Welcome to our podcast. Hello, Anna. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so excited to have you on board. And I just uh, want to talk about um, your role as a Scrum Master, how you became a Scrum Master. I know I have many questions and I just want you to start off by introducing yourself briefly in terms of your background uh, is this something that you considered doing from the moment you were in high school uh, or what you studied at university and how you ended up in this current position? Thank you. I am laughing because, yeah, I never knew Scrum Master existed. But so uh, my background is in communication and public relations. That was my bachelor's. And uh, as you said, in high school, I honestly didn't know um, that I would end up in um IT or even in Scrum, particularly I wanted to be a pilot oh. or a lawyer <laughs> because I would always win in arguments and uh, I, don't, I love justice. So this is something that I thought I would end up being. Honestly, I, I wanted to. Um, however, I ended up in communication and public relations was also chance because I didn't even know that existed then. Um, but when I finished school and now I have my results and I'm like, okay, what next? And um, one of my uncles actually who is in HR was like, you, you talk a lot and you bond with people easily. I think a public relationship would be good for you. And <laughs> I said, okay, why not? <laughs> because it was better than um, what I was thinking at that time because I, I missed um, uh, with a mark getting into law school. So yeah. I was kind of heartbroken, but I said, let me go for the communication and public relation bit. I enjoyed it. I learned a lot. Um, and I think what I am today is totally uh, banked on that, on, on the communication bit and just knowing how to um, mingle with people and how to understand people and how to work with people. Um, but I still didn't go and work in a communication and public relation role after, after graduation. So that's something else. <laughs> After graduation, I ended up in sales uh, and business development. Um, and in this particular role, I was in uh, qualifying uh, people who are good fit for our organization then. And I was working for a Google Cloud partner. And this meant that I also like helped them put up a, a, a department of sales departments then, training, development. And I actually really liked this because this is something I also learned in university, uh, higher like how to educate uh, 
um, uh, people who are already out of school and how does this work? So I enjoyed it. And my journey started from there in the professional world. And I realized that I really loved learning and development in the HR space. And that's where I moved next into a HR firm. And here I was also a program manager, uh, training, building uh, curriculums and stuff for youths uh, because it was a social enterprise for youths to be able to be trained on business development and sales and then get partnerships with IT firms and then attach the, the youths there so that they can learn practically. So I did this for almost a year and a half. And then I was poached by another health startup. And this was a health tech startup in Kenya. And I said, okay, uh, what up? And they were like, whatever you're doing in this farm, we want you to come and do it for us too. So <laughs> they were trying to expand and uh, they needed my help to uh, train and, and build a curriculum for them throughout Kenya so that they can train and hire uh, as, and retain talent as much as possible. So this was my projects. This is what I was doing there. And I loved every bit of it. High pressure, definitely. But it allowed me to meet a lot of really amazing people. Mm -hmm. And how I ended up now in Scrum, I moved to Germany and I moved as a project manager. And in this move, I, it was through a leadership program and I was focused in program management, social entrepreneurship, project management. And that's where I ended up in a pharmaceutical and I was doing project management for them and some managing some programs for them in India, Kenya and a little bit of uh, Germany. So I, I enjoyed everything that I did there, definitely. But I also interacted with uh, agile ways of working and was like, okay, I have been a project manager. I have managed this and that, but I've never really had anything about agile ways of working. And this is new. So I said, why not? And the company was offering opportunities for you to learn introduction into agile, introduction to agile ways of working, scrum, lean, um, lean development and stuff. And I said, I jumped into that roller coaster and I went in. And I started training and I was like, I can do this, you know, it's really nice. And now I have another perspective in managing projects and definitely building people and working with people. So it was touching on all these important aspects for me. And I went into now agile ways of working and I identified Scrum and I said, OK, I think I can make a good Scrum master. I love people and I like it when people work together easily. I like breaking the silos and I like ensuring that things move smoothly. Let me try this out. So you, you may be wondering how I did this. So after one year in my project management role, I seeked out an opportunity as a junior scrum master. Yeah, junior scrum master. I definitely, this was something that I wasn't planning. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, since I, 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 I'm willing to learn, I might as well take up this opportunity and you know put my best foot forward, practice, and see how this goes. So this is how I landed in scrum mastery. That is quite an interesting journey and uh, I have so many questions. So I'm just going to be like, okay, so you talked about Kenya. So you are from Kenya. You were based in Kenya for the early part of your career. Are you from Nairobi? Where exactly are you from in Kenya? Where did you I... come? <laughs> so it's a mix. I am from Mombasa, Kenya. This is the coast of Kenya. This is where I was born and bred. And this is where my family is up to now. But it goes a little deeper than that because uh, I'm a Luo. So this means that I am from the lake side. That's where my father is from. Um, so that's originally my uh, home area, I would say, where my grandma is. But having studied there, that's where I studied mostly in my high school in a boarding school, mm -hmm. in my home area, 
that is the Lua land, Kisumu. And then I shifted to Eldoret. That's where I did my university in Moi. And then now I ended up in Nairobi. That's okay. our house. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I keep interviewing like other young Africans. I'm like, yes, these capital cities just have this pull factor. You keep being drawn into it no matter what. And okay, that's that's really great. I just wanted um to ask you that question. And then let's talk about like your journey um to getting to Scrum, right? And I picked up a few things because you were like, you didn't really know what you wanted to pick and you had people around you who picked out your strengths and, you know, said you should consider this. But at the end of the day, the skills that you gained, right, are still mm -hmm. transferable in your current role. So those communication skills, those people skills are very applicable into your current role as a scrum master, right? And, mm -hmm. um, just for people who have never heard about agile methodologies and scrum, I know you touched on to it a little bit, um, but you said it like in a very short way. But if someone were to ask you, what exactly is scrum? What is it? So scrum is a framework. It's not a methodology because it doesn't give you like a step-by-step -step ways on how to implement it, but it gives you a framework on how you can structure work. Um, and it comes in handy because right now I work for um, an innovation lab, a digital health innovation lab for our pharmaceutical. And this means that we are constantly working on new stuff. We are trying out new technologies that uh, at some point haven't been really, really understood and how to implement them. Like, for instance, right now we have these big jargons, the, la the large language models. We have AI everywhere. Right. And we are trying out uh, this, uh, all these technologies and seeing how can we make um, uh, better solutions for our, our, our users out there in the digital health space. So with Scrum as a framework, it allows us to be able to um, plan out and also maybe uh, implement and build our products in iterative manner. So mm -hmm. we don't know exactly how it would look at the end. We have no idea how this, uh, this, this idea may end up when we, when we have it as, a, as an idea first. We don't know how this product would look, but it gives us an opportunity to build step by step and come and test it. Take it to the market, try it and see, okay, does it make sense? Is it something that is needed? What do we need to tweak? So unlike before, where in, in proper project management waterfall, we would plan out things, right? This year we will implement this, next year, da, da, da. this is what we have at the end. This is what we are thinking. But right now, with the way uh, the social, uh, social uh, technical um, changes and shifts are happening in the, in, the in the market currently, we don't have room for that. Mm -hmm. Things are changing so fast. So what do we say? We use Scrum as a framework to help us bring our products to life in a way that we have constant reiteration with the users, with the customers, and with our stakeholders. Because as needs keep changing, Scrum as a framework allows us to change with the needs easily adaptation yeah oh you've explained that quite perfectly because now i i fully understand <laughs> what you do which is good. I mean, interacted with some scrum masters before but you know there's always this thing of what exactly do they do so i'm glad that you explained that and i think with the changes that are continuously happening in different markets you need uh, a framework that can actually help you continuously um, develop and improve something based on the changes in the needs of the people so thank you for <laughs> really um explaining and, that and, and that is like a framework but you yeah. you as a scrum master for instance when you go into a team so you have the different ways of working for instance for me 
uh, the lab is set up in a way that we have product teams. And this can be multiple product teams. And these product teams are formed around ideas. Okay. So the ideas that are brought in into the, into the lab, and then now we form teams. And these product teams have every capability that you need for that idea. Is it uh, tech? Is it engineering? Is it data science? Is it a UX? Do you want um, either front-end or back-end engineer? All these people are there. And then we have a scrum master. Mm-hmm. So my work as a scrum master, if I go into this team, remember we are like working, we are an international company. We have people from different cultures working in together. And it can take a little bit of time to form these teams. Mm-hmm. And we don't have time to, to, to wait for three months for us to have team formation before we can bring out a product. So as a scrum master, I accelerate that. I create opportunities where they can, the team can be able to bond and work together, where we can be able to set structures, where we can be able to start, set very clear definition of roles, where we can be able to um, have a clear vision of the product, a clear understanding, co-owned and aligned goal for our product. This means that we have someone like a product owner. This is someone who owns the idea. Mm-hmm. And mostly these people are from the business because they represent the business and the customer. So sometimes you get product owners who are efficient and they know how to manage a product. Sometimes you get product owners who, this is their first gig, right, as a product owner. They just had an idea and now they've taken up the product. So my work is to work with this, coach them, work with them, help them do the roadmaps, mm-hmm. uh, help them set up the structures on the vision of the product. And through this, as a team, we are able to work in a way that um, we know where we're going and we know the common goal. Because if you don't know the common goal, then everybody is working differently and we have a disaster at the end. So these are just some of the things that I do as a Scrum Master. I love the fact that you ended up talking about like to avoid like uh, interacting with obstacles, meeting disaster and stuff like that. Because I think a lot of times when you work in uh, global roles and you're working with people from different cultures, different backgrounds, it's yeah. not always easy to navigate because I, I, I always say like uh, I use myself as an example and I say I might actually sound like I'm not really an agreeable person because I think my perspective is always different. Like sometimes I can be in a room and I am thinking the complete opposite thing. (laughs) It doesn't mean that you're wrong in your way of thinking. No, it just means the way you think is different. And then you as a scrum master have to bring those different minds, including the ones that are not agreeable because (laughs) my way of thinking and thinking is completely different. And then finding common ground for us to work together is... Yeah, I, I'm just looking at you. I'm like, good on you that you can do stuff like that. <laughs> Honestly, it's, it's it's people management is 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 not that easy, especially if you have timelines, you know. <laughs> yes. You need to and by the way, most of my products are either I have a team sitting in Germany, uh, half of the team is sitting in India, and or maybe half of the team is sitting in Vienna or Aust- as in we are all differently placed. So we have to have a common understanding. Otherwise, we will not be able to move forward. And by the way, in our processes, we have very strict timelines that you're allowed to work on an MVP, minimum viable product, for instance. If it's three months, within three months, you need to show a prototype. So we have really tight timelines and I need to be able to help these people and let's say help our team come together and actually deliver. 
Okay, that's good. And uh, so that we can also move on to other aspects of who you are. You talked about when you moved from Kenya um, to Germany, you moved on a sort of like a leadership program. Is this something that you were actively looking for to say um, you wanted to pivot into a different country in a different continent? Was this something that you always wanted to do? Or was this opportunity just presented in your path and you took it? Let's talk about that. <laughs> it's funny because all along, um, I think if you ask anyone, they'll be like, yeah, we knew Elis Elizabeth is not going to be in Kenya for, for a very long while. Um, I knew that I wanted to come out of my country uh, and try out and see what other opportunities are out there and, you know, build, build myself, get an opportunity to, you know, test myself out, take up those challenging opportunities and run with them and see, you know, how, how much can I be able to, um, to do. But at the same time, the big dreams that I have couldn't allow me to stay put in one place. And um, I was looking out for opportunities to further my studies at first. I was like, I want to know more. What do I want to study in? What do I want to do? You know, and it started as that. I want to do my master's. Um, and I was like, well, what, what do I want to do my master's in? And I didn't know that. I was like, OK, maybe I may try this. I may try that. But in line with what I like. And when um, and I was then when in university, I was volunteering for one organization, a social enterprise for youths again. And there I met a lot of good people. And when uh, one of them joined the leadership program and came and told me, hey, you know what? I joined this leadership program. She was somebody I was looking up to. She was really good with what she did. And she was like, I joined this leadership program and I know you would be perfect for this. And I was like, what do you mean? And then she's like, you are doing everything that they're looking for. At that time, I was running my own social enterprise back at home in, the, in my university, uh, my sister Pamoja. This is something that I put up together with my uh, former students, or not say students, but my, my classmates. Mm -hmm. And we put, out, we put it out there for the university to support the women with sexual reproductive health and rights. So we are doing health communication mostly, digital health communication. And she was like, you, you, you're doing a lot of things that uh, this company is looking for and you have everything it takes and you'll be the best fit mm -hmm. and she said okay give it a try and see so i was like okay let me look at it and see what it has to offer this was a this was a <laughs> i think it was one of the biggest decisions i've ever had to make because i was at the peak of my career then um i just got poached and i was working in a, a space that i liked because the company i was working for we were providing digital health um solutions for small and rural hospitals in Kenya who normally wouldn't be able to afford uh, high-tech, especially diagnostic equipment. And we were providing this for them and we were giving them a chance to pay in small bits as a company. And we were looking at AI powered devices. And this is something that I really enjoyed bringing back, giving back to the community, you know? And now I'm here um, traveling around Kenya, managing teams across Kenya, like in, so many different regions i would never really even stay in my house in nairobi i was just paying rent for the sake of it <laughs> but yeah like i was having fun i was learning and i was growing and now this opportunity comes and i applied for it took like a year and now they tell me congratulations you've been accepted you've passed the assessment and i'm like oh my god so this actually has come what do i do do i, I don't want to leave my job i i love what i do what does this mean for me and it's good because I had people around me then too. And mm -hmm. I remember one of them told me, you are still too young to tie yourself into any space. You are bright, you're sharp, you're very easy to learn and quick to learn. 
I think you should dare this. Dare it, go conquer whatever happens. If you realize you want to come back to Kenya, come back. If you realize that you actually like the environment and you love the challenges, then take it up. But don't pass out an opportunity because you feel like you're good where you are right now. You yeah. know? It's he really gave me the push. Yeah. yeah. It's limiting to put yourself in a box and think that you've reached there. And I, I just for the benefit of our listeners, when I met Elizabeth, she was 25 years old. And I always say this to her, like she was the most annoying person um, in the room because her level of energy, the questions she was asking, she was hungry, you know, for, 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 for change, hungry to make an impact and a difference. And I think for me, that was just like, oh, wow, they are young people out here who are ready to make changes who are ready to go and the only reason why i'm saying annoying is because i think i felt a little bit jealous <laughs> to say oh my gosh <laughs> this is a 25 year old <laughs> at the time so yeah so i i totally understand the your hunger and desire to to want to continue developing and growing and i hope you continue keeping that hunger um in everything that you do for sure i really love that honestly <laughs> thank you <laughs> i just wanted uh, to talk about quickly about masisco moja right that's the name of the foundation that you talked about is it still yeah. running right now it is still running uh purely on volunteers so as people keep coming into the university um every semester we have new volunteers coming in and they volunteer for the initiative and they do the the, the reach out for the communities and they talk um they hold events that equip young women with information on sexual reproductive health and rights, because we can never really stop talking about these matters, mm -hmm. especially in university, for instance, and in high schools, because we have young ladies in there and we need, we need them to know that, you know, there's life after school, um, you have choices. How do you best take care of yourself, you know, because your life matters in regardless of where you are. And most people don't have people to tell them these things. Most people don't have uh, these conversations. You come from high school, boom, you're in university. You have all the freedom. But doesn't mean that we don't have predators and we don't have people who would be happy to ruin your life, you know? So how do you equip these young ladies with knowledge and power so that they can be able to make good decisions, good mm -hmm. health decisions for themselves and for their future? So I'm, this is... I'm definitely do. interested to for us maybe to have a separate episode at some point to just talk about the work that Mrs. Pomoja is doing because I'm also very um, passionate about anything to do with women and girls and I think sexual reproductive health in some cases especially when you come from some markets where this is not an issue you might think ah why are people still working on this everybody knows this they get this education at school that's not the case in some countries you know and I think yeah. it's really commendable work that you're doing and the fact that there's still volunteers coming in to work with Masis Pamoja at the university is is really uh, an amazing thing it shows that it's quite sustainable because it's something yeah. it's it, it's a need that the students have right so I think that's good <laughs> yeah and just to <laughs> yes and just to end it off for today let's let's talk about or should I say what advice would you like to share with our listeners? It might be a student who's struggling to think, oh my gosh, if I make the wrong decision in subjects, in my degree, 
choice. I, I will end up stuck in this place or someone who wants to follow the path of getting into technology, IT, agile methodologies, like for example, becoming a strong master like yourself, even though you didn't have a linear path, you found yeah. yourself in it, but you took a different route. Like, so what advice would you like to share with our listeners? For the students who are choosing courses and stuff, don't, don't be so hard on yourself. Go with something that comes easy for you. You don't have to kill yourself. That's one, that's one, that's one advice I would always give. Go with something that comes easy for you. Learn it, do it, enjoy it. Because you realize that everything that you do, one way or another is not useless. It builds up to what you will do right now. I, I bet I wouldn't be having as much fun as I'm having right now as a Scrum Master if I didn't learn what I learned, which is communication. And also, like, in every aspect of the way, dealing with people, working with people and understanding my strengths, then I would be having a very difficult time. So give yourself some, some peace of mind. Pick um, something that you enjoy, not what everyone thinks you should do or, and you are not comfortable with it, okay? I think that's really important. Pick things that really come easy for you. And when I say easy, it means that this is something that empowers you, something that motivates you. And makes you want to wake up in the morning and do these things. It's really important. For the ones wanting to come into Scrum Master, I would say into Scrum Mastering, please pick up the opportunities to train. Um, there, there are various opportunities to train online and keep on reading and training and seeing, okay, as a Scrum Master, what do I need to do? And then take up opportunities to actually practice. Practice, 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 practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. nobody should ever tell you that you cannot be anything that you want and you don't have to stay in that linear way if you realize this is not doesn't it's not working for me anymore or I want to try something else take up courage it may be scary definitely I'll not promise you that you will not be scared you have to be scared because that's when you know you're making big big moves right mm -hmm. so take up those opportunities be fearless try to learn try to experiment and when you have these opportunities to um, learn something new. Don't be on your comfort zone. Pick up those opportunities and learn. And talk to people, you know. If you want to be in a Scrum Master role, talk to Scrum Masters. You know, we have LinkedIn. Make use of that. Mm -hmm. Ask them Ask them for coffee dates or something. Talk with them. When I, mean, when I say coffee dates, I don't mean actual dates. I just mean that you have coffee sessions with them. <laughs> and talk to them and ask them, you know, get interested in what is happening so that you can be able to have at least a little bit of an idea of where you're going because there's a, there's so much room for everyone yeah love 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 it i think my favorite part out of everything that you said is you can't promise anyone that it won't be scary because <laughs> i honestly believe that and my go-to favorite statement from one of my favorite female presidents of all time ellen ellen johnson Sirleaf former president of Liberia and uh, Nobel Peace Prize winner. If your dreams don't scare you, they're not big enough. And it's very true. You have to have big dreams and big things and big changes will always be scary, but it takes the mental strength for you to like walk into that path. So I just want to thank you for saying that. Thank you for sharing everything that you shared with us today, Elizabeth. Absolutely loved having this conversation and you will come back for a part two, for sure. We're going to talk about <laughs> sure, reproductive health at Mrs. Pomoja. Thank you. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. <laughs> no? yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my journey with you. It has been a pleasure. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Awesome stuff.
thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Young Professional African Edition. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on Apple Music, Spotify, or whatever platform that you use to listen to podcasts. And if you enjoyed the show, give us a like and a follow. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at yp underscore africa that's yp underscore africa and if you've missed an episode don't stress you can catch up on our youtube channel yp underscore africa like and subscribe guys like and subscribe that's it from us guys see you next week